PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 366 of Cinema Crespity. So I started slightly differently this time. See, I don't normally start that way. How's it going? This is a weird one. Why is it weird? You'll never know. How's, how's it going, Juicy Cogward? It's going, man. We got the uh, weather threat level. Weather threat level is shark gray. Watch your tornado warnings. Uh, shark gray, you know, one of I have walls in my house that are painted shark skin suit. Now that <laughs> is cool. <laughs> that, that is the name of the color gray. That's weirdly shark, specific and cool. Shark skin suit. <laughs> so Did you have to go to a Vietnamese tailor to get that paint? <laughs> no. To get the swatch? No, I went shark to Home Depot. Suit. That makes me think of, man, I want to do it. They, but, dude, the names for colors these days is fucking ridiculous. I'm sure they are. They're just trying to get your attention so you can buy it's, one. It's kind of like the names for weed. You just like, yes. it's just like, here's an adjective and a noun and put them together and bow. It's like, I want, I want a gallon of that gunmetal gray and I'll take an eighth of that uh, bazooka my brains. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and see, both of those sound like, it sounds like a legit color and a legit strain of weed. Yeah, it is. Funny, right? Which is so stupid. It is so stupid. I hate it. That's, there's certain strains that I won't purchase at the dispensary legally with my medical card. My doctor didn't tell me that my doctor didn't say go to your local dispensary and get some. Uh, I recommend you get some green crack and then maybe. Uh, <laughs> like, what? We're going with these names, guys. Come yes. on. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Shout out to the places that are like, no, we're going to call them relief and sleep. And <laughs> Yo. Teaming up with Jimmy Buffett. He's Yo. like, island in the sun, baby. <laughs> Yo, man. I tried that sleep stuff. It doesn't really. A, a nine pound hammer makes me a lot sleepier than that sleep stuff. Well, I mean, it hit you. Yeah, you get hit with a nine pound hammer. It's like, what's up, Thor? It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I love that shit. I love a nine pound hammer. Nine pound hammer is a good one. Um. That's it. Uh, we are going to talk about the movie 1917, Kapow. which we just saw uh, yesterday, yes, and then uh, we're going to do our media diets. Where uh, I actually just to tease it, I have a series that I've been rewatching. Okay, because again, I'm bad with my choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not uh, the only one who's bad with choices, Chris. Oh yeah, no, that's all of us. That's why we, we unite. That's why we feel <laughs> each other. Uh, a book that I finished already, my first book of the year. I'm excited to tell you about it, Drew. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Um, also, you're going to enjoy this podcast that I've been listening to. Not, no, not that, not. no, Drew, not that you're going to enjoy the podcast, but you're going to enjoy the premise and then the conversation. You, things will make more sense to you in a okay. minute. And, uh, and then a YouTube, uh, another YouTube video that tied into what I watched last week. Uh, so that's what I got coming up down. What, what are the type of things you got without saying specifically what you got? Uh, got a couple of comedy specials, a couple of awful movies, <laughs> and a couple of great limited series. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Enticing. Very fun. But first we saw Golden Globe Best Picture winner 1917. Uh, looking at a, a 
thirty to thirty-five billion dollar weekend, according to uh, to internets, mm-hmm. to the deadline and whatever. That's what you said. Uh, yes, uh, in that, our, that's, in our, what, that's what was reported. That's what was reported as F- of now. Found in our pre-show research. Whenever this may be. Uh, now in the future, obviously you can you know just look it up online for yourself. Don't, don't be lazy. <laughs> just Google it. And uh, R-rated war film, World War One trench warfare film, directed by Sam Mendes. So the movie uh, did a lot of selling on a from the director of Skyfall. Mm-hmm. That's how it goes. Yes, the director of Skyfall. Yes. I wonder why they left Spectre off the list. Mm. He directed that as well. Interesting. He also directed Jarhead. Would have been fun to be like, yeah, like, from the director of Jarhead, like another 1917, like a different, another, different war movie. Yeah, yeah. because uh, Jarhead's a different type of war movie. Do people like it, though? I don't know. I don't know either. I think people like Jake Gyllenhaal more than they like the movie Jarhead. Mm, definitely. How about uh, and Jamie Foxx? Yeah. People like Jamie Foxx. He was in that too, right? Yeah. I think so. Um, so they sold it on that very heavily. Roger Deakins will probably win his second uh, cinematography. I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's, uh, it looks great. I mean, there were a couple of scenes where I was just like, God damn it, we're staring into fucking wheat fields. He did it. He did, <laughs> did fields. We found fields. Ladies and gentlemen. To stare into. Ladies and gentlemen. No, don't worry. We found fields. During the golden hour. We, we got it. <laughs> we got some nice golden hour wheat fields to, to contemplate in. Um, this movie is more contemplative and uh, I don't want to say slower. Uh, I don't want to use the word slower or artier. But the, no, but it, it it is both of those things for being... Yes. For being like a movie that's like on the run the entire time, yeah, it is. It, it is very slow and arty. It's a, <laughs> kind uh, kind uh, of uh, when uh, I mean this is pieces really, of it. Pieces of it, exactly. Uh, this isn't like a spoiler, but a, a section where uh, you know, like we meet up with uh, uh, people, uh, another troop, right there, and like, oh, we can take you part of the way. So they cover some of the distance in a truck, and they just get in there, and then the character's just talking. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is a Sam Mendes movie. We're not, <laughs> like we're gonna get uh, like he wants to make his version. It's like it's like he wants to make a Dunkirk, yeah, but he's going about it like he thinks he's a, a Inuritu type, like he's making a, a beautiful or or a Revenant. He thinks he's making like a World War One Revenant. Well, he kind. I mean, the scene, the night scene with all the flares. Dude, best scene, <laughs> best scene in the movie. Dude, that was yeah. fucking gorgeous. Be- yeah, best scene. It, look, it looked incredible. It looked otherworldly. Yeah, to the point where it was almost distracting. Like this looks so. <laughs> like, damn it, Deegan. This looks so great. Both him and Mendez yeah. and everyone. The whole team looks amazing. Uh, and then it's also like really tense, and it's a type of thing where uh, that's one of the moments where what you kind of. Went there for based on the marketing, like the intensity, the chase, the the cat and mouse, the constant danger. Uh, there's definitely plenty of that. Mm-hmm. It starts with that. There's that scene towards the middle, uh, and then the ending, obviously, right? Uh, and then you see bits and pieces of all of this. It's all in the yeah. in the marketing. You yeah, know? Uh, uh, quite quite a quite a bit of it. Quite a remarkable bit of it. It's all in the marketing. Um, and then the other half is like there's um, as they're on their way, there's talking and conversations and character building. If, considering that it's so, it takes place over the course of a day, half a day, less than half a day. Yeah, and uh, and then it's the stitched together one piece. Mm-hmm. 
Were you trying to? Were you trying to keep? Or you be like, I was. I'm with these movies. I'm always like, that's a stitch. That's well, no, exactly. No, 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 I, 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 I was looking for the shots where it's like, oh, his shoulder just got blurry. Hey, guess what just happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or oh, we're going around this corner kind of slow. Yeah, yeah. Or, or this guy passed really close to the camera yeah. for some reason. Uh, and then obviously, any time they uh, they pass through uh, like an entryway and, yeah. they, and it just goes to darkness, like that's a perfect yeah, per- exactly. Like the reason you have these shots is so you can stitch them together, mm-hmm. and then it makes sense when you're going from uh, inside to outside. You got to yeah, but your, I mean, it, just your lighting. But as a fake one take, it works. It works great. Oh, it's fantastic. If you're not looking for it, I, I uh, obviously not looking for the edits. You won't even notice them. Um, and obviously, I'm sure there are tons that we each respectively missed and um doesn't also there are parts where i'm just watching the movie like i'm not really necessarily looking for it at all times um and then it is like the r-rated gory not necessarily saving saving private ryan like an assault on the senses type of violence but like that gets pretty intense with the uh since it's um, well, it's just it's World War One, so it's not like we've got what it is. It's a lot of corpses. There, there's lots of dead bodies. Lots of dead bodies. Lots of corpses. Lots of bloat. Yes. And decay. Mm-hmm. And that's a gross mm-hmm. in its own way. Mm-hmm. And then there's another scene, like another part where you see more uh, like battle damage. But uh, I was hearing all oh, this movie's like really. Really violent, really, really, really gory. And I guess it is, but maybe we've just seen some stuff now where it's like, yeah, I mean, this, this is what I expect for a war movie these days. I was about days. to say, I mean, it's war. Yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah, I feel like if you don't show people with the limbs blown off, uh, yeah. not even with the limbs blowing off, but just like in triage. Yeah. If you don't show them, you're doing the whole concept of all this nonsense of the service. Yes. War. Just, just be lucky we couldn't smell those trenches. Oh, God. Yes. Uh, that was one thing I, because we, uh, I've done enough, those trenches are like, I've done enough, infamously, I've done enough history research Mm -hmm. to know that, I mean, the, the story he told about the dude with the oil, yes, the sweet oil, like that shit happened like on the rag. Yeah, because it's, uh, oh God, so many, so massive humanity everywhere, uh, horrible, disgusting conditions, uh, uh, Fighting nature and themselves. Yeah. This, oh, it was the worst of the worst. I mean, it was World War One fucking trench warfare. There's there's a reason why we don't do trench warfare anymore. There's yeah. a re- there's a reason why we've developed technologies to not have to do that shit. Yeah, like that was because that was the worst. Like guys, that was a bad idea. <laughs> Let's just fly over from now on and bomb each other from above. Yeah, that's a good one. Cheerio, good idea. Let's start. Let's start with the bombing. Um. I think my expectations were a little... I, I like this movie. It's not like I don't like this movie. I think it's very well made. It's very good. It was uh, tense at the right moments. And uh, at the end, I had I felt a, some emotions. I was like, oh, yeah, this is all... It's all tied together nicely. Like, they were hitting all the right emotional buttons. I just feel like it's a well-made proper... It's a proper movie. Mm-hmm. It's a proper film. Um, I just think my expectations were maybe so high from the onslaught of marketing that we saw since we go to the theater so often. And they had those featurettes and all the trailers. And then for a while, on the interwebs, uh, and in the buzzles, the the, inter, the, the, the the Twitter spheres and the filmoverse, 1917 was sort of a front runner to to be the best picture winner. Well, I mean, now, it did just win at the Golden Globes. No. But 
the Golden Globes is the Hollywood Foreign Press. Mm-hmm. World War One's a European war. That's going to yeah. really play heavily into that. Um, for other film critic circles and whatever, uh, 1917's actually dropping and not winning those uh, those awards. Okay. Instead, they're going to like the Irishman and uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and things like that. It's really being spread around right now. Uh, so their stock is dropping a bit. Making the... Oh, Parasite's winning some stuff. So it's making Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite the sort of neck-and-neck neck front runners because Parasite is a weird safe choice just because it's so popular. Yeah. And it's one of these weird instance, instances where it may not even have actors nominated for Best Actor and it could still win Best Picture, which is like unheard of. Yeah. But these are topsy-turvy times for Chicago. I mean, dude, Donald, Donald Trump is president. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> anything can happen these days now. You know, it's fucked up. So... Um, it's in a weird way, like Shape of Water was sort of a safe choice, and Green Book was sort of a like middle of the road safe choice for a lot yeah, of people. A, a lady that fucks a fish monster—that's the safe choice because it was a movie. <laughs> it was a movie. Now this helps Tarantino. It's a movie about uh, old Hollywood, and and people and, love you know, that shit. People love that shit, and and Richard Jenkins is a gay writer getting his hair back, and like they love all this crap. Uh, it weirdly played into the sum, and then it was also like. Well liked, well reviewed in a way that Parasite's actually even more well reviewed now. Anyway, that's a that's separate. That's a whole separate discussion that we're having. Um, so, nineteen seventeen. I think my expectations were just so high that I was like expecting some sort of uh, life changing. Like this is like this is it. This is how you do it. And uh, I mean, I still liked it very much. But yeah. I mean, I ain't gonna be like I ain't crazy. I ain't fall in love with it. I wasn't walking out of that theater like. I mean, it was like a n- it was. A nice fictional representation of the documentary We Should Not Grow Old that we saw earlier. Oh, man. That documentary is great. No. Yeah, that documentary that we talked about how when the moment when it switches from old black and white footage to like the cleaned up yeah. uh, colorized footage, I was like, oh, I physically like... Yeah, no, exactly. It, like, it, it, it was like watching The Wizard of Oz. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> I had a physical reaction to it. Like, this is incredible. Uh, 1917, meanwhile, this is a gorgeous movie, but gorgeous and ugly. And it's, way well, you know, showing the trenches and the, yeah. and the violence and the whatnot. And I guess the moral of the movie is uh, uh, don't trust the German during wartime. That's the moral, oh, for sure. Hey. Right? Right. What do you think? Anything, Wrong. Anything you want to add? I mean, did no, you? That's about it. Did you feel like I mean, walking out of the theater? What was your as as you were leaving the theater? What were you thinking? I'm hungry. <laughs> no, I, I, I mean, I, I was happy. The movie went by nice and quick. It did. It, it, it's a fast movie it for is. for being as slow and arty as we say it is. Yes. It, it goes by. That's true. So that's absolutely true. As it was like when he when it was getting to the end, and you know it, it's there. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, wow, we're already... We're already here? Yeah, wow. Like, oh, we're already here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I agree So, I mean, see, seeing all the fun people pop up was, was fun. You know, all the, po- the, more, actors, the more popular actors. Yeah, they show two out of three in the trailer. Four. Two of the four in the trailer. Who's the fourth one? The last one. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's the, definitely on the low end of yeah. the spectrum yes. over there. For, yes. For, yeah. Uh-huh. But, um, he'll but, be more popular in a few years from now, I think. But but the, the thing is, though, for as... Little work as he's done, yeah, he's starting to make an impression. But I, I mean, people. Is that what you mean? He he was only in like three seasons of that fucking show, yeah. and people and people still like that's yeah, yeah. 
Well, uh, he was also was in the running for a new Bond. Oh, was he? Yeah, uh, if they don't go like, uh, like the, I could the, see the, that. the rumor with the the new Double O movie being like Double O Eight, and it's a, and it's a black chick or something yeah. like that. Um, yeah, that's true. I forgot about that guy. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it did, it went by fast. I agree with that, and it's very well made, and I it's just I enjoyed it. Yeah. I uh, I wonder what my uncle thinks about it. I mean, it he loves war movies. I mean, it didn't change. I, I want to know what the older some of the older generations think. About it, it didn't change my life, but you know, it makes me. I like the fake one take. You're right. Yes, it's, it worked. The way you put it, it's like a good fictional telling of what that documentary saw. No. It's a good version of that. Yeah, it all works. No. It's like I got no. I pretty much just got good stuff to say about it. It all works. It's all <laughs> it's all well done. Uh, and uh, yes. All right, well, I guess that's our review of 1917. See it? Yes, see it. Uh, it did remind me of, okay, what I did, uh, I'll end with this, because I just thought of my um, my this hundo, is... my Crespo hundo uh, little tag that I put out there, okay. my one, two sentence thing. And it reminded me a bit of how in the 40s, 30s and 40s, he had John Houston out there making movies, and he mm-hmm. was like, pushing to make these huge productions it was him the uh, david lean are these guys making films with hundreds of extras and that they would even market the movies that's how novel it was so like go see uh, uh lawrence arabia it has hundreds of extras mm-hmm. in like one shot so this scene has like when well, they're all running across the field and oh, oh and right before that too <coughs> when they're all sitting so in the many woods. so many moments where you see so many people. Just masses of people. Yeah, and it, and it's people. And then it's all coordinated. And there's yeah. like stunts going on and stuff. And it's like, wow, what an undertaking. And it made me think of those old productions and how they resisted being like, well, just a bunch of CG people out there. We'll do the Lord of the Rings thing. Mm. Which looks great in its own way. But at the time. At but, the time, yeah. You look at it now, obviously. But in 20 looks, years, it's like, oh. Yeah, look at it now. I mean, I watched gaming. some of those Lord of the Rings movies recently. And, oh. the, uh, I've mentioned them on the show before. The Corridor Crew guys, who do the VFX artists react to, they've been doing a Lord of the Rings series. And uh, it's interesting, the stuff that they, they point out. Obviously, obviously, Drew. All the stuff that looks the best. And holds up the best is uh, all the physical stuff. Yeah. All, all the crazy yeah. miniatures, semi-miniatures. But then not just that, but then also how they then incorporated them digitally in there. Yeah, the practical. I mean, hell, in, in 20 years, in, in twenty years when people watch the first, what was it, Rise of Skywalker? Mm-hmm. No, the la- that was the last one. The first of the new trilogy. Force Awakens. Force Awakens. When they watch that and they see the lady with the crazy glasses, they're going to be like, she looks a little wonky. And I'm going to watch the last one where Relous. she's a puppet. And yeah. they're going to be like, she looks way better in this one. Inter- yeah. Yeah. So. So true. So true. Yeah. They just look better. I want to rewatch Rise of Skywalker just so I can watch that 30 seconds <laughs> of footage. But it kind of screamed like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's, that really is a puppet. Yeah, it is. Data suit. <coughs> you got us on our Patreon show. I know what we're talking about. Talking about we talk about data suits on our Patreon show. Patreon.com slash so um, the Patreon trolls been missing for weeks. I don't know, so I gotta I gotta do more plugging on my own. I know you've been missing them. I don't listen to the show, Chris. I know, but I played the I played the the Patreon troll for you. You did yeah. sometimes, most of the time, and I hated it. I know it was awful. I know you loved it so much. I could see it in your face. I could see it now. You're missing it. You're crying almost practically. It's a wax. 
relaxes. Okay, okay, here we go. 1917 review in the can. We appreciate it, guys. It's our last 2019 movie officially, right? For like uh, Oscar purposes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think maybe the farewell. I could. I'll try to watch it maybe before the Oscars if even gets nominated for stuff. Uh, probably will. Because mm, Aquafina, she did win for Golden Globes no. Best Actress, but does that mean anything for again? I don't know. We're we're expanding our voting pool from ninety people to nine thousand. So take that for what you will. All right, let's get into some media diet stuff. What you're watching, what you're consuming. I'll start. With you. Let's start with you. What do you got? Uh, so I I watched uh, two short comedy specials. Okay. Uh, there's a series on Netflix called The Degenerates. Okay. Where it's just a bunch of comics doing just dirty, horrific, awful jokes. Uh, so I watched the Nikki Glaser and Jim Norton ones because I'm familiar with both of those comics. Wasn't really familiar with anybody else. Okay, sure. And how were they? On par for their regular for stand-up stuff. It, yeah, that's their, their shtick anyway. So yeah, it makes sense. I bet you, know. you they're all. The Jim like, Norton stuff was hilarious. It was yeah, great. Good old, good old Norton, good yeah. old Glazer. How long are they? Oh, I think they were a half hour apiece. That's good. I think thirty is good. For or, or, or maybe it was only twenty. Really? Yeah. I think uh, shorter the better. Like the hour long ones. That's a little long. I mean, it all depends on the comic. Some people can pull it off. Some people can't. You're more storyteller comics, yeah. I think. Can yeah, sure. Or if you have a more deliberate Anthony Jeselnik like delivery. Yes. Uh, uh, I went to the Red Box this mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. and I watched two movies that I missed in theaters last year and for good reason, they were not good. <laughs> I watched Men in Black International. Oh, I've yet to watch it. That's on some streaming service. That is a dumpster fire of a movie. <laughs> Why? Uh, the plot is thin. The action is not all that good. The whole thing just feels phoned in. Really? Every bit of it. Why? I can't believe it. <laughs> I really can't believe it. That's stunning. No. It's stunning they would fumble that so bad. They did. They really did. The fucking... It was just boring. Man. Like F. Gary Gray directed yeah. it. You got Hemsworth and uh, and Thompson reuniting. Fuck, dude. It just didn't work at all. Any surprises at all that you can spoil? Nothing worth. Not even anything worth spoiling. About. No, not really. That makes me sad. <laughs> like I actually like Men in Black Three. I thought that was a good one. Did you ever, did you see one with, with no. Boris the Animal? Uh, I I've, I've I haven't seen it in its entirety. I've watched bits and it's pieces. Bits and pieces. Okay, I actually enjoyed that one. I thought it was very fun. Yeah, but uh, maybe I, like almost almost a reverse 1917 where when I saw Men in Black three in theaters, I was like, this thing's gonna suck. You were like, oh, that's not so bad. I was like, oh, this thing was fun. <laughs> like, Damn, this is good. And then I watched Brightburn as well, which was another. Oh stinker. yeah, was it, was it a stinker? <laughs> People yeah. like that one popped up in a lot of hundos from last year, hundo 2019s, and uh, I would say it was like three out of four liked it, but then the consensus seemed to be. Uh, they could have done more. Like it was very surface level, and all of them were like, even the people that didn't like the movie were like, "I'll see the sequel." Almost every single one of them was like, "Like I'll see the sequel." You you won't even you won't even bother with a sequel. How depends on the sequel's gonna be. How was it bad just because it was thin? It was thin and like. By watching the trailers, like you know, it's like, what if Superman was a bad? Yeah, what, what, su- like, what, what, what Superman was a kid who got bullied or yeah, whatever? Superman and equals. Just, we need to talk about Kevin. Yeah, it, it just it never. I don't know. Never. 
got there. It, or, never, it never rose above that very yeah, basic premise. So. Yeah, there was nothing else that to was, it. I was like, those were the reviews. That and and in all reality, they, they in the beginning, like he's talking about, uh, they're, they're talking about bugs or whatever, like the difference between bees and wasps. Okay. And then he says, he says this little story about how this one wasp, like, like, uh, goes into other wasps' nests and like devours their eggs and then puts their eggs in and then has them raise them. Okay. And I'm like, oh, so that's the movie. That's what's happening. Lame. And that was like 15 minutes into the movie. And then that, <coughs> I, I was right. That was the movie. It was lame. And then he had to sit through another hour and 15 minutes yeah. of the movie. How was the uh, the violence gore factor of it? I mean, it, if you just like CG gore and blood, then yeah. It's I mean, CG. the the scene where the dude has a car accident, mm-hmm. he falls on the steering wheel like on his open jaw. So it like pops off and it's like, dang. Oh, ah. And for someone who's broken his jaw twice, that, that jaw problems? Like, I couldn't I actually couldn't look at the screen because right. I was just like because I know the pain and it was just like, no, man, there was some there's <laughs> a little bit of gnarly jaw stuff in upgrade, too. Yeah, with yeah, the kind of was the, when yeah. he was, yeah. Yeah. in the theater. I saw in that in the theater. There was only a couple people in there, and someone, some guy was looking about to go like, "Damn!" Like, "Oh!" Like he yeah. audibly reacted to the to the knife to the face part. Yeah. Um, Brightburn. Okay, yeah, not very good. Um, man, man, man in black international was like that. Damn, that yeah. Because I almost clicked on it like last night. I mean, I was, I was like, "Oh shit, it's on if, Amazon if, Prime or Stars or something." I mean, like if that. you just want to watch a bad movie for ninety minutes, God. yeah, is it only ninety minutes? Yeah, is it really only ninety minutes? It's like, it's like an hour thirty-nine, I think. Damn, they're right. We cut our losses. Yeah, <laughs> trying to get as many screenings out there as possible. And then I <laughs> completed one limited series on Netflix and started another that I've still got a couple episodes on. Okay, where we got? Uh the family. Yeah, 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 the family. Uh, the family is a limited series uh, about this guy Doug Coe and his small Christian organization, mm-hmm. and how they have infiltrated world politics and business. Like you have no fucking mm-hmm. idea. Uh, these are the guys behind the National Prayer Breakfast. Oh wow, that's huge. Okay. Yeah, National Prayer Breakfast is gigantic. Okay, that is just that the is president goes that goddamn. Thing. That is just one facet okay. of this group of people, okay. and I it's mean, funny if that you, these gigantic forces can be operating out there, you don't even know it if you're not paying attention, and they're affecting everything that you do. Is that something? Like if 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 you're if you like conspiracy theories, yeah. and you're into like. You know, in a way, what, I am. What's yes, going? Absolutely. What's going on? Like behind the shadows, like sure. you, you, a, a glimpse, you know, a glimpse behind yeah, yeah, yeah. to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. The family's for you, dude. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it is. Members. It is so fucking scary. About the, the the secret Christian cabal running the their world. Yeah, but the, but but they're not Christian at all. They're not Christian. Are they? But they're pretending to be Christian. Or are they? Just, they're, they're just all about Jesus. They're all about Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. That's what it's like. They don't read the Bible, <coughs> just, just just only the Jesus part. It's Judeo adjacent. It's it's weird how it's, like it's almost anti-Semitic. <laughs> it, it, it's Jesus and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Very loose morals. They very. They know nothing about they Jesus. Are, they know nothing about Jesus. They are very, very. Jesus threw the moneylenders out of the temple. Fucked up. He was pissed. He flipped their tables over. He was angry. Evil, twisted people. Okay. Well, Jesus would not like them. No. He, he, he got mad at people and tossed their shit, so. People would be cool, man. Jesus wasn't cool. <laughs> and, and then I also started watching yeah, Wild, the other one? Wild Wild Country. Okay, what's this? Uh, this is about oh, wow. uh, uh, a, a crazy religious cult in the late 70s and early 1980s okay. that took over a small town in Oregon. Sounds easy enough. What did they, what did they do with the town? So basically the town was like, it, it was just a small little town. Literally, we're talking like 50 people. That's not even a town. And half of the town was for sales. They came in and bought up half the town and then bought up the other half and then oh. invaded the city council, tried to do county stuff. Yeah. Ended up like they had so much money. They were fucking laundering money and this, that, the other. Mm-hmm. Fucking the, the only reason why they were in the United States because they were fleeing prosecution in India. Like, are they the bunch of Indians? Oh, uh, no. The, the guy who started the, the cult. Okay, sorry, the, the cult is the main guy. Yes. Okay. And it is fucking fascinating because everything that was done mm-hmm. was 100% legal. That's so funny. It can happen. Uh, makes me think of two things. That's funny you mentioned. It makes me think of two things. It makes me think of the documentary Welcome to Leith, L-E-I-T-H, I think it's called. And I uh, saw it at the Florida Film Fest a couple years ago. And it, it, it's out there for people to see about a guy who tried to buy up all the property just like that. Of some small town of like twelve people, uh, so he can turn it into a white nationalist enclave, no. and so the documentary is about these people saying "fuck no" yeah. and fighting this guy. Did the same thing showing up at town halls, city council meetings, and causing a ruckus and all this shit, man. But this is like uh, two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. This this was the late seventies, early eighties. Fucking history just keeps repeating itself over and over. That's what I say. The other thing that makes me think of. Is the um, uh, the bottom of a town? Oh, uh, uh, the Church of Scientology bought up uh, downtown uh, Clearwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, like a whole swath of it yeah. with shell companies. Yeah, it's only found out because a bunch of journalists did all the digging because of our knock on wood, sweet ass Florida sunshine laws. At this point, mm-hmm. they're helping now. Yeah. To, to prove that these fuckers, uh, they tried to buy it straight up. They were just like, we want to buy all this land. And the city council was like, no, no. no we, don't, <laughs> we don't want you moving like that. Like, all right, fine. Went away. Ten years later, not even. Oh, by the way, we own all this We now. own all this shit now. It's all ours. Motherfuckers. That's, uh, that's our state, man. Well, that's what happens when uh, you let capitalism run your government. Well, you know what, Drew? Money makes the world go around and around. <laughs> Don't tell me it's gravity or the laws of physics and nature. It's money. Oh, can we not talk about this, Chris? I'm having an existential crisis about this right now. Wild, wild country. Would you, would you recommend it? it yeah, no, it, it, it's very well made. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like that's a thing too. Because sometimes with like docu series and documentaries, and things like that, they can be very informational, interesting. I'm gonna talk about something like this. But they're not necessarily that well made. Yeah, no, no, no. This, this is very well made. And the thing is, too, is it tells it from 
both points of view. Mm-hmm. So they got some of the people who were originally there mm. and kind of ran the place. Yeah. And some of the people who, you know, lived there and, you know, were, were like, we don't want you people here mm. and whatnot. And there are valid points being made on both sides. Interesting. So, you know. So good job of uh, making you really understand how it all. Understand the situation, how, how it started off as one thing and then, you know, spiraled fucking out of control. Sure. Into this glorious mess that turned out to be okay so you recommend both that and the family yes i do that's a decent amount of stuff they're both i mean (coughs) i recommend that bright bird man and black no the wild wild country one is long too i think it's like eight episodes they're Mm -hmm. an hour long each oh wow so it's almost like you know like some ken burns yeah no exactly ken burns baseball it's like god damn man i think 22 hours long but it's but it's very well made and uh like i said fucking fascinating shit very cool all right anything else no that was a week all right i uh now on the golden globes uh i hate the golden globes hate awards i go i have to talk about this every single year because I, man, I called the Curtis Earth show this week, and he did the thing where I swear it's hard to hear him because it was like breaking up over the phone. I'm pretty sure he was like, he said that I say, you say you say this every year. The Golden Globes is a uh, um, a representation or a good indicator of where the Oscars are gonna go. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I don't say that. I say the opposite of that. <laughs> the Golden Globes are shit. I hate the Golden Globes. I wanted to say that. I didn't say that. I talked about that. <clears throat> but um. One of the cool things about these award shows and award ceremonies and nominations is that, you know, like when the Oscars come out and Parasite gets nominated for Best Picture, people will be like, what the fuck is this? And then they'll go out and see it. Yeah. And it's ready made for a South Korean film, uh, you know, not double subtitled and not even a genre film or anything like that. It's a comedy of uh, like classism and, yeah, and whatever. Dark comedy. Dark comedy classism. with like thriller elements <laughs> and shit. Uh, it's still like caught on in this country, no. uh, which obviously says a lot about where we are right now, uh, culturally. And uh, more people will check it out because it's Oscar nominated, and there are people who do that who they like movies. They don't watch them like we do or like I do. But when Best Picture time comes around, they oh I'll watch these five. I'll I'll watch these because they're nominated. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That kind of inspired me when uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge won some stuff for Fleabag. I'm not sure exactly. Yeah. I think she won comedy show, maybe? I think so. Um, I was like, yes, 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 Fleabag. Yes, yeah. I love Fleabag. Fleabag's great. So good. Fleabag. The, uh, the priest was in uh, 1917 as well. Where, where was he? He, he, he was he was the dude he he's was, the guy he's the guy with the yes yes yeah. yes 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 yeah. yes it's like this guy's charming yeah oh the him. priest the yeah. charming priest it was the priest it was the priest from Fleabag god damn it that guy's good he is he's really good every time I got this, there's like a new like white guy another like just supposedly straight white guy who's becomes uh now this guy's good like damn it another one. Oh no apparently I, he, I gotta keep track of all these a, dudes. Appa- apparently he's super gay Okay, is he? Yeah, I, I think I think like in real life, the actor himself. Yes, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he's gay. Okay, pretty sure. Come on, we need some otherism in there somehow. God damn it. Okay, good. 
Yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, he's no, good. he's really good. Yeah, he takes he takes what he has, and he made a lot out of yeah, it. Yeah, he does. Uh, he, he owns his role. Man. He did an episode of I think Black Mirror mm-hmm. of on the new season that is very I'm very far behind. It's Black very Lock esque. Oh, okay. One person and a thing. Okay, yeah, I got you. I don't know what you're saying. Well, like phone well, booth. Well, ma- mainly because it's him in a car. Oh, so it's straight up lock. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but 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 there's a Black Mirror. There's also a Frank Grillo movie that did that. So uh, that movie Driver, I think I watched that. That was not. That, that was not that good. Yeah, it was forgettable. Yeah. But it was the whole time it was in the car. Oh, you're right. It was. I didn't even notice. Cameron never left the car because mm-hmm. I don't think he he rarely did. Um, so. I was inspired to rewatch some Fleabag. Fleabag would be my favorite show of 2019, Drew. If uh, I hadn't been living with Mr. Robot for four years and Legion for like three, three and a half. Oh, I mean, and then and they both ended this year. I mean, spectacularly. I mean, in my opinion. I mean, I mean, I mean obviously, I mean, my opinion. This is my show. I mean, in all reality, all the realities. If. Legion was on that was the best thing on television at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it just so happened that Mr. Robot the last season hadn't started when <laughs> Legion was on, okay? So Legion was the best show on TV at that moment. And also I'll say this, even though now it's a couple years ago. And also you don't you didn't like it. You weren't responding to it. Um I would say Mr. Robot and Legion are by far like the most inventive, crazy things I've seen on TV. Except that David Lynch decided to yeah. drop Twin Peaks on everyone. Like, what the fuck is this? Giving us a TV show from the future. <laughs> <laughs> like, you guys aren't ready for this, but I'm going to drop it anyway. This all makes sense in 30 years, like, if we're, if we're still around. Um, but Fleabag is just so good. And I watched... Season one and two, only six episodes each, 30 minutes each. So it's, what's that, six hours? Uh, no, it's three hours, six hours total. Uh, so I watched all of season one this week. And did I start? Yeah, just season one. I only watched it the first time around, both seasons, loved it. Rewatch it now, I, I, like, I don't remember laughing as hard. Like, I was laughing harder at it. Uh, I liked it even more. Mm-hmm. The second time around, there were things I forgot about. I was like, "Oh shit, this show is great! It's great!" I just want—I just want to talk. I just want to say, "Fleabag is great." <laughs> it is. <laughs> that's all. And everybody knows it. That's why it's won all the awards. Everyone knows it, but not everyone. Everyone, because that's the thing. There is too much content. Uh, yeah. in, in 2019, Hollywood streaming services, all the combined content, like worldwide now, not worldwide, because then you're talking about Asian countries and the billions of people they're serving. Um. Like Hollywood and indie and and Canada, you know what we know, what's available to us in 2019 alone, we got over 500 scripted shows. I saw that today. Wow, it's like 516. Uh, at what point do these shows lose their value? Does all this entertainment lose its value? When does it all become disposable? I feel like it's all now. It's all now disposable. Dude, there's so much of it. I mean, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, it's literally ridiculous. So more people need to know about Fleabag need to watch it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree. Okay. Um, I read this book, Born, B-O-R-N-E, by Jeff uh, Vandermeer. Did I bring this up last week? I don't think I did. Giant Floating Bear? Yes. I've, well, I've, you, maybe you brought it up to me. I'm not sure if you brought it up on... On a show? No. Um, okay, so it's a post-apocalyptic story from the writer of the dude who wrote Annihilation, 
but the Annihilation, the whole trilogy, Annihilation is the first book of that, but apparently the movie is pretty different. Anyway, uh, quick setup. Cities destroyed. It's just the city destroyed by the company. It's a biotech company. So there's insane creations throughout the city, right? Mutated children and uh, whatnot. Uh, city is ruled by a giant bear named Mord, who was a creation of the company. But now the company serves its whims. Everyone serves the whims of Mord. Uh, but does he even have whims? He's a, I don't know, 300 foot tall bear. I mean, he probably has whims. But can we understand him? He's maybe, a god. Maybe not. <laughs> he's a god. He flies. Uh, so he's a gigantic bear that flies and, and just rules the city. And he, and he'll, it's like Godzilla, like he'll, he'll step on you and not even know that type yeah. of thing. Uh, and that he, he's just a, a feature of the city. The story is about this girl, Rachel, who's a scavenger. And she finds a little green glob named Born. She names it Born. Takes it back to her shitty little apartment. Uh, turns out this little green blob, neither animal nor plant, is, is sentient. Well, I don't know what it is, but it's sentient. Uh, and then it grows. And then... Uh, Things happen. Her life changes. <laughs> her, her life changes quite dramatically from that point forward. Uh, a lot changes from that point. From when, from when Born is Born. Uh, really great book. It's like 350, 400 pages. And uh, easy read. Fun read. Fun to read about all the different character, the different monsters, monstrosities, and all the biotech stuff. And I can easily see it being some sort of uh, series or whatever. And uh, the reason I even picked the book up is because not only is it from the writer of Annihilation, which I haven't even read. I haven't read that trilogy, the Southern Reach trilogy. But he wrote, uh, just released a new book called uh, The Dead Astronauts, which is a sequel to this. I think it's just called Dead Astronauts. It's a sequel to this. And it's supposed to be a little less straightforward, a little weirder, uh, but sort of a sequel to, okay. to this. I really want to read that. Well, there you go. But it's going to be like a year until it hits paperback. No. So. You're not buying hardcover. I'm not into hardcovers, man, because I, like I like to take my books with me. Hmm. You know. Hardcovers uh, are for placing nicely on the shelf. Yeah, man. And my shelf's in my room. No one's up there. Get out of my room. <laughs> I sleep in here. <coughs> um... Coming out on paperback in February, Marlon James's, uh, what is it, Red Dragon, Black Panther, Red Dragon, something like that. That dude, I read uh, Brief History of Seven Killings about the all the people around the Bob Marley assassination attempt yes. story. Uh, and then at the, I read that while this shit came out on the hardcover, and it, it was his, he described it as, like, this is my, uh, like, Black Game of Thrones, okay. the first of a trilogy. Yeah. Uh, and that comes out on paperback in February. And I'm getting that shit. Hashtag Dem Thrones. Hashtag Dem Thrones. Hashtag Black Thrones. I'm into it. Uh, in the meantime, now that I finished Born, I highly recommend to everyone. I, I just started reading. I'm going to start reading um, The Blade Itself, which is the first book of the first Law trilogy. I hate some of these names. It's like when I started reading the Broken Earth series. Broken Earth series. Uh, uh, the fifth season. It's like, God, this all sounds so... <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons, nerdy, like, you're a nerd, get out of here, <laughs> like, this is what I think, this is what I think of you, nerd, get out of here, nerd, um, but then you're reading, like, shit, this is amazing, <laughs> and then I like, go, oh, Hugo winner, no wonder, yeah, yeah, 
I ain't just reading. I ain't just reading nothing. Okay, guys. No, if it wins the Hugo Award, it's totally worth reading. It's totally worth reading. Broken Earth series, totally worth reading. Uh, I did though. I do have on my list more from that author, N.K. Jemison, that lady. I'm gonna read more of her stuff. Um, but this guy, Joe Abercrombie, he's a fantasy writer as well. And uh, I've only read the first twenty pages, and so far it might as well be like a fantasy version of Feudal Japan because he's like a samurai guy. That's your lead character, uh, Logan Nine Fingers. And uh, the, the the praise for this trilogy of this guy's writing is like through the roof. And he's written a bunch of stuff yeah. at this point. And he's not even, he's a younger guy. So I'll be reporting back soon on. Uh, there we go. The First Law trilogy. <laughs> I, hate, I hate the name of it. The Blade, the Blade itself is an okay name. The Law and Order trilogy. The Law and Order trilogy. Oh, shit. I got one of those. That was the wrong one. Damn it. <laughs> Where did it go? I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Dun, dun. I know. Oh, <laughs> all right. Here we go. So that's my book that I've been reading. Um, new podcast, guys. This is now f- the podcast itself is for the listeners, Drew. But this will make our earlier conversation make sense. Okay. And then it'll give you. Now we can just immediately jump into it without having to hem and haul. Uh, so I listen to. A, there's a podcast, a very popular one that's been around for a very long time called "How Did This Get Made." Uh, you know about it, obviously. That's how popular it is. That's a, and it's a movie about bad, a podcast about bad movies. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, get this guy Nick Weiger who does a show Doughboys. That's about like fast food and chain restaurants. He just started, or this year anyway, started a podcast about bad video games called "How Did This Get Played?" Ooh. And it's him and another comedian, Heather Ann Campbell. And the cool thing is, Weiger, uh, they're both. On the spectrum, which is hysterical. <laughs> so it makes all their interactions fantastic. Yep. He, at one point, worked for like EA or someone and it was a video game. Not EA, but he was a video game uh, tester and, and beta guy. And Heather Ann Campbell, for a long time, was a video game journalist. Okay. And and both for both of them, gaming has been like life. Yeah. So they know. They know games. They know games, but they're also comedians. Yeah. So they know jokes. It's a lot of fun. It's a good listen. And I just discovered this show yesterday for myself. So I have like eight months worth of stuff to go oh, back wow. to, and it's cool. And the uh, the kind of games that they're talking about are truly some of the worst, but also in some ways some of the best. Mm. Uh, they did a whole episode on uh, Michael Jackson Moonwalker. Remember that? One? Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm like, come was, on, that man. Was not good. Uh, and they played the uh, the chip tune version of uh, Thriller. Doom, 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 doom. And apparently, it wasn't in the game, but someone like poured, uh, like took it out of the port and put it on no. on YouTube, and they just played it. Uh, an example of some of the games: uh, the 2006 version of Sonic was apparently god awful. We know about Superman 64. Yeah. Right, flying through rings yep. in the green. It was an unfinished game. It was. Uh, Dragon's Lair. Oh, God, so hard. Remember that one? Uh, and there was a sequel to it and like a space version from the same people. Didn't know that. Mm-hmm, aha. Uh, uh, Moon, Moonwalker, uh, Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> oh, those games were fun. Yeah, but when you when you hear them go back to it in like a Me Too era, you're oh, like, oh no, boy. no, dude, even, no, it is, it is, no, it's, yes, it's wild. No, it is, yeah, no, it is wildly and, inappropriate. And, and some of the games they're ta- they do talk about how oh no, this shit's fun to play. Uh, they're very honest about because yeah. they replay everything. Uh, I'm, I've already listened to like five or six episodes so far, to like an hour long each. Uh, Duke Nukem Forever, that'll be fun to listen to. I haven't, I haven't listened to that one yet. 
the Friday the Thirteenth game. Uh, do you know Eternal Champions? Yes, that's some sort of a fighter. Shaq Fu, they got that one. Cussler's Revenge, that's a classic. Anyway, oh, a lot of these games are bad. That's where people listen to how did this get played. But uh, I asked you, off mic, what are what are some of the worst games? Some of the worst games. I mean, most of one, most of the ones that I could think of came out on Nintendo and usually had something to do with either a movie or a promotional franchise. For sure, uh, two games that I played a lot of that I can think of that are bad, and these are more recent, recent-ish. Now they're almost twenty years old. For Christ Almighty, actually, they are twenty years old. Um, wrestling games were huge in the late nineties. A lot of them were bad. No, the THQ ones were good. The THQ ones were good. Right, we're everything t- else was garbage. Uh, well, oh, so, so WCW about- versus NWO that was good. Right, WrestleMania 2000, both THQ. Yeah, because for a while THQ had the the WCW license, and then they switched over to WWF. And that's how we got some of the WWF games. Um, and then WCW switched to someone else, and it, those games weren't bad. Meanwhile, Activision was out there hitting themselves in the face with a crowbar and then putting out video games. <laughs> and then, of course, ECW is like, yeah, we'll team up with Activision. So uh, the ECW video game that came out uh, around 2000 or so. Not good. Dude, it was like one of the absolute worst for Nintendo 64. Remember the, the like the WrestleMania games of the 80s? Yes. Update that engine. Put, it, put new skins on that. You have, uh, but it was bad, dude. Stiff. <laughs> The, so, so 3D version of that? <laughs> yes, yes. The so take the like the weird. I mean, it was how fluid the THQ games were, yeah. and and the the frames, how many frames of animation they had, how good those games looked. Get rid of all of that. Turn into an ECW game. So bad. Yeah, to the table. Good fight, for you guys. Fighting with guys like Starman. Starman. Starman would destroy all the ECW guys. Starman. Uh, you got Hayabusa. Oh hit, yeah! Right. You got uh, you got the the who did the uh, the claw? Hayabusa did the kick. Starman did the the backflip. You got King Corn Karn. <laughs> you, you, you got that weird Swamp Man who bit your face. Like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, and then you got the blonde guy who was sort of the Ric Flair. Yeah. Bunch. I played the fuck out of pro wrestling. Fucking Starman. Starman. Starman's the best one. Obviously, Starman. <laughs> Shit. Wish I was Starman. Oh, if only, Chris. Um, one of the worst games I've ever played was Bible Adventures. Well, yes, duh. It was a Bible game. I would say any sort of movie, television show, or video game based on religious denomination or theology would probably be pretty awful. Not anything. Uh... The uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the uh, and the I'm talking about the original like six hour was an eighties nineties miniseries that's done in uh, Ara- Ara- Aramaic. It's just an old language, it's sort of like how Passion of Christ was done. Uh, very well done for what it is, you know. The Jesus, the Bible's full of good stories, man. We can, I can make anyway. Wait, we can talk about the Bible right now. I'll talk about the Bible. Samson. Samson. God, I... <laughs> you got five minutes. Let me tell you a good Samson story. <laughs> um, oh, uh, uh, ECW and uh, the Fight Club fighter game. Do you remember Fight Club game? I no. think that was Xbox. No. And it was just... Uh, it was a straight-up fighter. It was like... It took it saw Fight Club, and it took the message of that movie, and it thought the message was, fighting is cool, and so is consumerism. Let's make a game about it. And it just made a game where you just fought. It was bad. And then it was a bad fighting game. 
Not only was it the opposite ethos of Fight Club, but then it was a bad game. It was game. also a bad game. Yeah. Uh, how did this get played in podcasts? And I shouldn't be promoting non-PFT podcasts, but uh, it's Earwolf. They're, they're so much bigger than us. I mean, it's really Oh, my God. It's, Chris, they're gigantic. They are. It's, it's insane. They're like, the, this is what you wish you were. <laughs> like, I wish... Can, can, they are the Apple of podcasts. Can you guys get? Uh, we'll sell you PFT for twenty bucks and uh, expired Chick Fil A coupon, <laughs> and then I, and I'll convince them to take it. I'll just be <laughs> sad, and I'll convince the nice the nice young lady, the nice high school kid behind the counter to please take my coupon. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> I need lunch. This is my four hundred one k. Is this chicken sandwich? Is this free chicken sandwich? Uh, Look, I see one in the bag in the trash. Existential crisis! So there's a YouTube (laughs) series. We're doing a long first half. I talked a little bit last week about how uh, there was like a 40-minute video that I watched most of about the history of Super Mario Bros. 3. Remember? What's that? Yeah, Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah, I mentioned that last week. And it was pretty good. It's all about uh, the history of the original Mario Brothers games and the hype and hysteria. Yeah, you said it was on YouTube, right? It was on YouTube, yeah. yes. Uh, but I didn't, like, catch the name of the channel or whatever. I'm pretty sure now, this is, again, just recall, but I think it's the Gaming Historian. Okay. There's a channel on YouTube where this dude, obviously some nerd, uh, put together a whole series of little 30, 40-minute packages about uh, the history of all these games. And there was like an almost hour long one. It's like forty five minutes on Punch Out, and I watched most of that one. And it's they're full of great information. Now, is this original Punch Out or Mike Tyson's Punch Out? All of it, the Punch Out okay, series. Okay, talk about how it started, the development of it, how uh, one some random developer is actually not, no, not a random developer. I mean, these are like key Nintendo people. Mm. The guy who came up with Little Mac is the motherfucker who came up with uh, Super Mario. And uh, who was the other one? Another crazy Link. one. Link. Yeah. And uh, but at this point, when they were working on Punch Out, he was still just a guy working in the in the office, mm. and and he came with little Mac, and it goes over the whole thing, the original Punch Out, and how then like the the arcade, the stand up arcade success of that, and uh, then they wanted to port it to a smaller game console, and they had to figure all that shit out, and that licensing deal with Tyson and. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. It was like getting late. I gotta go to bed. Mm. Uh, it was good though. Game historian. It, it, there's a whole bunch of them. I'm, I'm gonna check it out. And it's a type of thing where it's a lot of a decent amount of uh, stock footage, which is also cool in itself. You know, uh, footage of like old CES uh, conventions mm-hmm. and like stock footage from Nintendo like the, that they release and things like that. Uh, but then it's like one guy doing 80% of the voiceover work so he gets sort of kind of I get tired of this guy's voice after a while maybe that's why I don't finish the, the videos mm-hmm. I'm like yeah yeah I get it and then the game comes out and it's popular and they make a bunch of money I get it but the, the lead up to all that stuff is really good yeah. alright so there we go uh, so that, 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 that I think that covers it alright okay welcome to the break of cinema so that's right. We're gonna take a break. Uh, are you gonna smoke a cigarette? Yes. I'm gonna fill up my drink, uh, and then uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of music. So sit back, relax, listen to this music, fill up your drink. You know, get a little bit of the. Oh, there's no ice in there. And then I was trying to clink the ice. And then we will uh, return with a whole bunch of news stories that I have, Drew. We just did a top ten news stories of the week for Patreon. Mm-hmm. 
Somehow. We got more. I don't know how it happened, Drew. It happens real quick. I got 10 more stories. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have to fucking fly through these things. And then we'll be done. And then that'll be it. All right. So that's my prediction. That's right, this is me on the Patreon show. I'm here to say, go to Patreon.com. Today, sign up, pay money, get bonus episodes. Do it, it's me, the Patreon show. I haven't left. I've been lurking in the shadows, watching you sleep, watching you dream, thinking about eating your bones. <laughs> Juice the cog bird. Crispity Crespo. Oh, I like that. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm crispity. I'm crunchity. I'm oh so lovely. Um, Crisco. That was not a fun nickname. I had at middle school <laughs> at one point. But I see it was middle school though, so I don't think it was meant like it wasn't meant as like uh, oh you're a lube for uh, a gross super butt fucking. Like, you know it was <laughs> no, like, no 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 you're, you're you're fat. Yeah I yeah that's I guess so. You're fat. That's but what it was. Even then I don't think so. It's just like oh it's just a thing I can think of that sounds sort of like your name. I'm talking about like fifth grade. Even in fifth grade I knew what Crisco. Oh Crisco is this vegetable shortening it's fat delicious vegetable shortening it's just, oh it, yeah it is, it, it is gooey it, it is like fat and vaseline the, form the thing is if you look at it's me it's like edible have, vaseline look at me have a, uh, a picture of me in fifth grade i'm like who is that uh Savelt young man <laughs> I f i've been fat my whole life did you have really greasy hair too um no no i didn't have greasy hair okay I shampooed my hair. I mean, we probably well, actually it was probably dry as fuck because I was shampooed. It was stripped of all oils. I mean, I wasn't putting any conditioner. I in mean, it. we probably looked a lot alike. I tan very well, and I spent a lot of my time outside. I was like a little, I was a little brown nut. And I was in New York, so winters, uh, my skin lightened up quite a bit. Like up here, this type of skin, you know, mm -hmm. as opposed to like the the the, the, the browner. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I was younger, I spent a lot of time outside as well. And my brother too. When we were kids, obviously, because we were kids, New right? Kids. Playing outside. Yeah. I remember, I have a weird memory of me and my brother just like, it was just the thing where he, how old was he? Like maybe 12. And I was like 18, 17, 18. And he, uh, he's in front of me and like he turns his head and I can see the back of his neck and it's like mahogany brown. <laughs> You've met my yes, brother. Yes. Mahogany brown. Uh -huh. I'm like, damn bro, you are tan. <laughs> it was the summer. I was like, you are Damn, we, we just yeah. uh, Puerto Rican. Yeah. And also, it was the 90s, uh, so it wasn't as bad out there. I swear, it's worse now. Oh, yeah, it's way hotter now. It's hotter. The sun, the, rain, the, the rays are worse. Yeah. The UV is strong. I don't mm -hmm. know what it is. I burn easier now. Maybe I'm just getting older. My cells are weaker. We're all dying. Let's start the second half of the show. How does that sound? <laughs> it's episode 366. We're doing this thing, guys. We hope you're enjoying this. By the time you're hearing this, I am truly in international waters. Uh, hopefully watching a monkey knife fight at the very least, if not uh, chilling the Grand Caymans uh, with or, aforementioned brother. Or maybe playing a killer game of Crisco Twister. I am for sure playing Crisco Twister. 
you know, I did see someone release an actual game called Monkey Knife Fight, and I was like, you guys must have listened to Minus <laughs> A lot. You must have. <laughs> the, like, this is worth making a game out of. <laughs> People can find Drew's of Cogburn online. <laughs> it's a great. Uh, Antihero419 on Instagram. And Facebook. And Facebook. But they got to actually meet you. Yeah. Now, uh, would you mind, can you, will you come to this PFT thing? Uh, on February 29 at the gallery, at least for a little while, there's gonna be some comedy there. There'll be some food trucks. There's gonna be a lot of people. There'll be people there that you'll know. Perhaps come to that. People can then meet you, Drusa Cogburn. Yes, shake your hand. They can say, "Hey, Drew, they so finally meet you. I've been they a could. fan of yours. I've yeah. been listening. Not a fan necessarily. We don't have fans. We have listeners. I've been listening to you uh, for a while." Because fan is fanatic. We don't have fanatics. And we I, have listeners. And I'll look at you and I'll be like, that's kind of weird. Like, cool, man. It is weird. <laughs> it is weird. Is it weird? It's really weird. You, you think it's, dude, you think it's weird? I was at a bar. It was like a, a, a company event. I was sitting at a bar at the Rusty Spoon. Rest in peace, Rusty Spoon. They, uh, she yeah. sold it to someone. Someone who worked there. And, um,. I was just sitting there talking and ordering some drinks, blah, 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 talking to some coworkers. Some these guys were having fun. And then the bartender turns around and is like, I, do I, I know your voice, so I know you. <laughs> and this is when I was on SBK Live. Ah. It's like, oh, uh, you listen to the radio. And we had to like suss it out together. It was yeah. very annoying to have to figure out where it's he strange. knew me from. Yeah. And then after we figured it out, the bartender turned around. And then look to my left to the to the guy sitting next to me, and they were doing this like they were sitting back, like what, like looking at me, like, like is who, that what are you? Are you some sort of celebrity? I'm like, no, I'm no. just an asshole on a radio show. <laughs> That's, that, that that just got canceled. It had just ended, it, and the, and this guy just happened to listen. And this guy during the time that I was on, and because that's the thing, his back, his back was turned, and he was like getting drink orders together as I was talking, but he was right in front <clears> of me, <throat> so he heard my voice. He's like, your voice is familiar. It's a weird thing then. I was like, yes, this is my yeah, voice. This is me. I am me. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm a celebrity, but I'm not. No. Be- just because you recognize me. He's no. like, I know you. Uh, that'll be uh, 1994. Like, here, here's, <laughs> here's my card. I will tip you 22%. <laughs> because you know me now, and now I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaked out. I'm freaking out, man. This is not good. You have power over me. This isn't cool. Where did my Where did my stories go? Mm-mm. Uh, you can email the show cinemacrespedis.gmail.com and we'll read them just like this through Chicago and go ahead. My other thing is mm-hmm. death is coming. You said we didn't have any emails. That's right, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was really confused for a second. I was like... <laughs> I got you good. What? I got you good with that one. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Uh, oh, yes, this is very important. Here we go. We got a big announcement, ladies and gentlemen. Smoke weed every day. We have to say January 7th was this week, so it, we will be, it would be terrible if we didn't do this. Happy birthday, Jeremy Renner. That is right. Jer- January 7th is Jeremy Renner's birthday. It was his 49th birthday this year, so Seriously, happy birthday. Jeremy yeah, Renner. Jeremy Renner, Jeremy Renner. Happy birthday, Jeremy Renner. Uh, so there we go. That's for you, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> My vote for the next Indiana Jones. The, the dude with the bow. The dude with the bow. Uh, You're that lame one from Avengers doesn't do anything, right? Look, we got a green monster man. We got a lightning god. We got a rich guy, a rich smart guy with a suit. We got we got a, a and then dude with the bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, 
It's like one of these things is not like the others. One these, of these things doesn't Who are belong. these Hawkeye fans <laughs> making this work? Who are these people? Why is this happening? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, meanwhile, though, the Black Widow movie looks okay. I mean, I'll watch it. It's an action movie. Looks like, like I said, I'll watch it. Looks like an action movie. I'm interested to see what uh, Miss Florence Pugh can do. Florence Pugh, besides her uh, her uh, Hello Black Widow, we go f- now fight Moose and Squirrel. Uh, oh, seriously? <laughs> I really hope at least one of them says Moose and Squirrel. They have to, I right? want one of them to say Moose and Squirrel, and I will be eternally like, well, grateful. It wouldn't be Scarlet because she she's doing American accent by this point, but yeah. uh, maybe Rachel Weiss. I'm it's okay like, with that. It's like, you've got the fat. Now we go find the moose and squirrel. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Jeremy Renner. Um, big news when Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, oh. part of the multiverse is now that uh, Scott Derrickson is no longer the director. Very interesting. Um, I think it's very apparent. It's very apparent what happened. He uh, was talking about how this movie is going to be the first horror movie. MCU horror film. And they got freaked out by that. Kevin Feige just very like two weeks ago quoted as saying that nah, it's not going to be a horror movie. It's I mean, going it to be weird and I mean, crazy. It's going to be weird and scary. Yeah, it's but it's dark. not going to be a horror movie. It's going to have elements. Yeah, it's not going to be our first <laughs> horror movie. Um, it's actually going to be. It's not. It's it'll be released under the Disney brand. So technically, that's going to be the New Mutants. Come out in April. Yeah. Put out that new trailer. You see that trailer? No, I haven't. You haven't seen I haven't it? Watched it yet? No. I fig- I figure I'll see it in the th- theater Fair. eventually. Fair, you will absolutely. Uh, it's not bad looking. Okay, it really isn't bad looking at all. That's good. Um, but yeah, Scott Derrickson got creative differences, so we'll see who's gonna step in for Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness. We were just talking about this on the Patreon episode this week. Yeah. So, kind of big news. Sticking with comic book news, the Flash, the Flash for a character so fast. This movie is slow in the making. I'm talking wait, about the, wait, wait, they still making this movie? It's so yes, absolutely. Joseph Cogman with Ezra Miller as the Flash. I I really thought this movie was dead in the water. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's alive. It's alive. Joseph Cogman the Flash. Um, Andy Muschietti, the guy who just did it and it chapter two. Okay, he's now uh, he's in bed with Warner Brothers now with those okay. movies. And they're like, what, do you want to do The Flash? He's like, yes, I do. So he's working on it with Ezra Miller still in the lead role. And they're going back to Flashpoint. Apparently they were off that. They're back to Flashpoint, but they're promising Flashpoint, but with different, the the same story structure, but different details, different whatever. So So probably not like Thomas Wayne. I would expect, you know, I would expect him to keep Thomas Wayne he's, just because... He's, he's one of the more fun parts. That's one of the most <laughs> fun parts. That's one of the most fun parts. And isn't this also where uh, Superman is, like, locked away in a vault and he's never seen the sun? I expect him to keep those two things. But a lot of other stuff... Yeah, Superman's locked in a vault and... Uh, and Bruce Wayne died and Thomas Wayne lives. Yes. And he becomes a fucked up Batman. Well, and... and, and Yeah. And no. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who was... Uh, Cameoed as uh, Thomas Wayne in Batman v Superman: Colon Dawn of Just Ice. Shout out to what was that? 2016. He he'd be a great. He would be yeah. so good, Thomas Wayne. Yeah, he'd still be good for it. I mean, the comedian man. Um, I was about to say. Apparently, he still has his comedian mask. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> he put the glasses on over it. I was like, oh, Jeffrey. 
<laughs> oh, Jeffrey. I think he's still doing Walking Dead as Negan still, I think. The show's still on. Hey, no. Didn't they just end the show? No, no they ended the comic. They ended the comic. Yeah. Like, so. out of nowhere, too. Like, like apparently they even produced, was, like, six months' like, worth of, like, uh, fake, fake covers, fake covers yeah. and stories and shit just to keep people off the tracks. Which is awesome. Very funny. And then it was like, fuck it. Kirkman's like, I'm ending this shit. Uh, they're working on a Rick Grimes-centric Walking Dead movie. Not sure if that's uh, for theaters or going to be direct to AMC TV, but uh, there's more Walking Dead stuff in the works. For all you fans of early 2000s zombie stuff. I was about to say, that's so 20 years ago, Chris. Guys, this is so <laughs> 20 years ago. Have you seen Night of the Living Dead? Mm-hmm. Oh, who's trying to call me? Let's see here. Let's uh... All right. No. Motherfuckers. How dare you? Somehow Marriott's got your phone number. That ain't Marriott. You think that's Marriott? You think that's Marriott? No. I got a hotel to sell you. Um. So yeah, we got a. Oh, speaking of Andy Muschietti, this uh, news just broke. Uh, so after he does the Flash, he's gonna do a remake of The Howling. Have you ever seen that one? It's a um, early to mid '80s vampire movie. It's after an American werewolf in London, and it's not as good. 1981. 81. Oh, is it before that American werewolf in London? Good. If Boris was here, he would know. He does. He has all those years in his brain. Um, it's got great effects, especially for '81. There's one cool part in the Howling where. A wolf gets its, uh, in wolf form, a werewolf gets its hand cut off, like most of its hand and forearm, and uh, then the hand and forearm itself, like, it transforms back into, like, a human, like a non-werewolf hand. Oh. Like, it, it, and that's really cool how they do it. Uh, it's a weird, wild movie. So, Andy Buscemi, the director of the It movies, uh, making a werewolf movie. Cool. Yeah, sounds like fun. All right, so here we go. We got uh, Hustlers. Jennifer Lopez, producer of that movie. Her and other producers and the studio getting sued. Ooh, bye. Bye. Who do you think? Who do you think? The, the, the true story people bullshit? Yes, the lady who is supposedly uh, based on Jennifer, Jennifer Lopez's character is based on. Suing for uh, slander, defamation of character for forty million dollars. She's suing Jennifer Lopez's New York Productions, SCX Entertainment, Gloria Sanchez Productions, and Pole Sisters LLC. Pole Sisters, forty million dollars. Uh, she claims Hustlers exploits her likeness and defames her character. Mostly pointing fingers to um. Remember the scene, Drew, where... Well, I mean, so she, she's asking for roughly a third of their box office take. Yeah. It only made it made $156 million. On a budget of, what, 20, 25, 30? I don't know. It doesn't say it right. This, I'm just, this is just a quick Wikipedia page. Uh, I mean, we saw it. I would imagine it would cost maybe $20 million, $30 yeah, million, Maybe. Maybe $30 million. I mean, I don't know. Another who... 30 in marketing, maybe. It's not that profitable of a film. 
Forty million is a decent chunk. Oh, budget twenty. Twenty point seven. All right, there you go. And how much did it make? One fifty. One fifty six. Hustlers two. Let's see it, Drew. Come on, they work for Magic Mike. I mean, Hustlers maybe, XXL. It all depends on how this lawsuit goes. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, the lawsuit. That's right. She is uh, one of her big things in, her, in the lawsuit and the affidavit. She's talking about how. Remember the scene where uh, Lopez's character and uh, 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 the Asian lady, uh, Constance Wu, she's, um, they're making drugs yes. in, in their kitchen. And uh-huh. then they pass out. Uh, she's like, I would never do that. I got kids in my house, blah, blah, blah. So she's all pissed about that. Mm. So we'll see. Ooh, J-Lo, New York and Productions. That's what insurance is for, right? Is that how insurance works? I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how entertainment insurance works. I have no money. I don't know how nothing works. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of money, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, Drew, it made so much money. The number one drama of all time now, box office wise. Because it made like 800 something. No, $903 million is how much. That they're going to make a Bohemian Rhapsody too. It made so much money. Queen after. Life after Mercury. <laughs> Or are they going to do it just like Walking Dead style? They come back, I'll come back as zombies. Zombie Mercury would be fun. <laughs> I'd be, I'd see that more than a Mercury Less Queen movie. That's for sure. Uh, I found a decent article here that uh, talks, it rounds up a lot of biopics okay. that are now in the works because of that. Hollywood ain't, they, no one's got original thought in yeah. Hollywood, right? Uh, well, some people did, but their movies don't get made, or if they do get made, they don't make enough money because they don't get a wide release. Because they're too original. <laughs> Fuck original. You know what I want? I want a Bob Dylan movie. With Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. <laughs> news. That's the number one one. They made big news. Uh, he's only 24 years old. I mean, as long as they do a young, I, I guess. I mean, I've already seen a Bob Dylan movie where a lot of people play Bob Dylan, and Kate Blanche did the best job. That was amazing. <laughs> that was so good. I'm not there. I'm not there? Yeah. That's what it's called? So good. Yeah, and if everybody, Kate Blanchett fucking did it the best. So yeah. so if you, if you think, and then if you think you can do better than Kate Blanchett or Heath Ledger. Yeah, then who, or, the, who, who the fuck are you? <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> He's great in Little Women. There's a... Uh, YouTube video, an old YouTube video of him because before he's just like a lot of these people, him, Florence Pugh, a lot of these people that we're seeing now in their twenties are blowing up. They were doing like T- ten years ago. They were commercials. Doing, they were do- no, not even commercials. Dumb videos of them like rapping and singing in their bedrooms with their friends, and then put them on YouTube and Vine and stuff oh, like that. No. Yeah, they're because they're that generation. They're oh, those kids. So glad, man. The dumb stuff we did didn't make so it. glad. Yeah, it's all dead. It's all gone. So glad. No, there's stuff. I mean, I ha- I do I do there there I have one VHS because I was in a TV production class. And you still got it? I don't know if I still have it. Find it. <laughs> I'll find my stuff. We'll digitize it. No. Patreon.com slash come no. on, guys. Perfect Patreon. No. Yes. Yeah. Er, Michael Jackson movie. Um, The movie reportedly won't be sanitized. uh, Jamon! But they did get access to his music through the estate. So we'll see. Uh, It's going to be written by John Logan, who wrote Gladiator, Hugo, Sweeney Todd, Skyfall, Spectre, The Aviator. Pretty big name. 
There's a Bee Gees movie coming, Drew. Don't care. About the Gibb family. Do, 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 do. The music's going to be great. The music is going to be are chef's they, kiss. Mwah, are, great. Are, are they going to get John Travolta to come back to dance? Uh, they'll, they'll CG. They'll do a CG young Travolta to recreate the scenes making of Saturday Night Fever. Do, 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 David Bowie movie called Stardust. Not to be confused with Neil Gaiman's Stardust. Correct. See, that's already confusing, right? I'm confused. Is uh, Robert De Niro going to be a cross-dressing pirate in this one? <laughs> Maybe. This will be about uh, Johnny Flynn. We'll be playing a 24-year-old David Bowie. It's his first tour in the U.S. in 1971 when he's still doing his folk rock sort of thing, but f- entertaining the idea of Ziggy Stardust. That's the idea of this one. As opposed to the Michael Jackson one. This one, no music rights. Oh. Bad sign. Yeah. That's like that Andre Benjamin Hendrix movie. I was about to say, so that, so that means we're going to get like the Muzak versions of all of his songs. Yes. Oh, no thank you. Uh, Jennifer Hudson as Aretha Franklin in Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. All right. Now, the music. I mean, come on. Yeah. The music's going to be great. And then Jennifer Hudson can sing her Acting, fucking She can song. actually sing, yeah. And she can act, too. So uh, it should be good. Her father will be played by Forrest Whitaker. Okay. He's okay. a civil rights activist and, uh, and pastor. And uh, Marlon Wayans will portray her first husband. Hey, Marlon's getting some fucking work. Finally. Some drama work. Like real work. Yeah. yeah I want to see this guy work. He's good. Uh, Mary J. Blige will be Dinah Washington. That's fun. Cool. The, and then the director is... Uh, L-I-E-S-L. Liesl? Sure. Liesl Tommy, who previously helmed episodes of Insecure and Jessica Jones. Baz Luhrmann's back, baby. You ready for this one? Elvis. Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. No, you're not reacting. I, I, I was more positive. You're not reacting positively to this one, no? Thank you. No. All right, his, his last one was The Great Gatsby. It's been now five years since The Great Gatsby. Since that fiasco. A gorgeous fiasco. But a fiasco nonetheless, that is correct. Uh, A long time since Romeo plus Juliet. Yeah. I love that movie, though. And a lot of people love Moulin Rouge. I like it, but it's not. My mom loves Moulin Rouge. I I know. She's crazy for it. It's a mom movie. It's that type of movie. It's a mom movie. Romeo and Juliet is a angsty teenage movie like it's perfect for a high school yeah perfect got me to actually read the actual Shakespeare I was like oh wait let me read the real oh my 8th grade English teacher was obsessed with Shakespeare I couldn't tell you how much that shit I I had to read read a bunch of it I had a cool I had to read that The Merchant of Venice and The Taming of the Shrew all in the same year I read did I read all this? Makes, it made me not like Shakespeare. Because someone shoved it down your throat. That sucks. Because it's good. Um, anyway, so we got a, yeah, Baz Luhrmann Elvis movie. Weird. We got an Amy Winehouse movie. I mean, the best Elvis movie I've seen is... Elvis and Nixon? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Bubba Hotep. Oh, me. I mean, oh man, that is a good. That's a that's a one two right there. <laughs> Those are two good albums right there. Uh, there's a Boy George movie. 
Okay, so what lady's gonna play Boy George? Uh, ooh, uh, Tilda Swinton. Hi. <laughs> that'd be good. Called it. <coughs> that'd be good. So there we go. That's all the stuff that's in uh in development because Bohemian Rhapsody made a shit ton of money. Leslie Jones. She was in Ghostbusters. SNL left SNL. Found her next job. She'll be working on TV, network TV. ABC's Supermarket Sweep. You ready for more Supermarket Sweep, Joseph Coburn? I'll actually watch this. I haven't watched it in decades. Uh, Pluto TV, you got that app? You got the Pluto Maybe. free Pluto TV? Look, look up Pluto TV. They have a game show channel called Buzzer. It's all uh, Supermarket Sweep, uh, Password. It's like four different shows. Okay. So your chances of finding... Like the supermarket sweep that we we remember, yeah. very high mm. and uh, fun as hell to watch. And also fun to be like, what, what did these things cost thirty years ago? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, she was that cheap back then. God damn! I don't even know what this shit costs now, Chris. Yeah, it's a thing too. <laughs> or half of it's like, what are these products? <laughs> uh, she's gonna be hosting supermarket sweep on ABC. I'll watch it. I'll check it out. You know what? No problem. It'll probably be overproduced and annoying. Yeah. And then I'll I'll stop watching after like one episode. Yeah. But I'll still check it out. Uh, it's part of ABC's push to go into the game show side of things. Apparently, that's hot. Game shows are hot again. Game shows are getting hot again. Uh, I mean, I keep seeing uh, commercials for some thing on Nat Geo with Keegan Michael Key. Oh really? Yeah, some game show, show. some sort of show. Yeah, uh, with celebrities and fires involved. Ooh, well, you <laughs> well, got me with celebrities. Um, it's the twentieth anniversary of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Oh, Jesus! So I know, isn't that wild? So they're doing a uh, celebrity-centric f- uh, run of episodes. That was that was a different world that we lived in. Yeah, it was called <laughs> pre-2001. It was pre-9-11 world. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Regis Philbin was, who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody was like, I do! We were, <laughs> we were all tuning in. It was a good time. It was a good time to be alive. At least uh, for some people. Um, I'm skipping the story. I'm skipping the story, and I'm jumping to this one. Just like Hogburn. It's public domain day 2020. Oh, sweet. So, so what's gone in public domain? Works from 1924. All right. So are you ready, Drew, to make our own Crespity So remake of Buster Keaton's Sherlock Jr.? Because uh, it's in the public domain now. I know. Uh, Harold Lloyd's Girl, Shy, and Hot Water. No, he made those movies that year. You know, so, someone is going to do something with Sherlock Jr. and make it some sort of preteen mystery bullshit. That someone can be us. <sighs> uh, the very first film adaptation of Peter Pan was in uh, 1924. Okay. So we can do a shot-for-shot remake of it. Okay. For free. <laughs> I mean, not for free, for free. But I mean, we still got to actually do it. Yeah, we actually pay for like, all the stuff we need. Um, movie versions of Dante's Inferno, a movie called He Who Gets Slapped. That sounds intriguing. Here's some books. Wait, like 
Pierce Brosnan's Dante's Inferno? Maybe. <laughs> uh, books. Books 1924. Let's see anything that people would know. Uh, Eugene O'Neill, Desire Under the Elms. Is Wharton's Old New York? Yes, yes. No? None no. of these sound familiar, no. Drew? How about you have Guineas and Matt Ian's Wii? What? How about, <laughs> um, I mean, people know A.A. A. Milne, right? No A.A. A. Milne when we were very young? Damn it. <laughs> okay, seriously, though. Edgar Rice Burroughs. Okay, that name I know. All right, Tarzan and stuff like <laughs> yeah. that. In 1924, he published Tarzan and the Ant-Men. Wait, so is this uh, MCU crossover? Ooh. <laughs> Careful now. We're talking about free rights. You don't do stuff. So what we do is we get it going. We hire Kenneth Branagh. We're off to the races. No? I mean, maybe if we have the rights, Kenneth Branagh will just buy them from us. I, th- I thought he just like... Oh, true. I see what you're saying. You're uh, right. You're right. You're right. Uh, music-wise, it's a bunch of George Gershwin and Irvin Berlin type shit. Because uh, so music sucked in the 20s. <laughs> 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 we we haven't figured out that black people make awesome music yet. They are, just no one's recording it. No, like I said, yeah. we haven't figured oh, it out. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Us as society yeah, 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 have yeah, not yeah. figured it out yet. Okay, here we go. Final story of the show. You know how uh, on ABC they've been doing these live productions for the last few years? They've had a lot of success. They did Little Mermaid, right? Remember that one? No. <laughs> They did um the good time, the TV show Good Times, my Good Time, Good Times. I just did the Good Time. That'd be crazy. Good Times nope. with uh, Jamie Foxx. They did. Uh, you haven't seen any of these, Drew? The live? Didn't they do Grease a few years ago or something like that? No, not. I don't know if it was Grease or. Anyway, okay. Well, ABC announced their newest live. Musical production to go out on the airwaves, and it's going to be Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. What? Uh, they did a musical production, a Broadway version of uh, of Young Frankenstein, okay. uh, maybe a decade ago or so. Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, my mother, when she was uh, working at Milburn High School in New York, uh, she headed up a uh the you know just, you know at schools do productions of whatever mm-hmm. she did the production she was a producer for uh young frankenstein they did a young frankenstein there just said it worked out great so that like three shows uh it's gonna be produced by him uh using music from the show that was like made for the the pen for the broadway show specifically and it's gonna be a, a live version of the broadway thing i might actually watch it I love Young Frankenstein. Don't you like Young Frankenstein? Don't you like it? I mean, yeah. Don't but... you like it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> you maybe. like it, maybe? Maybe. You like it, maybe? maybe. Gene Wilder? I mean, I love you some Gene Wilder. It's, uh... Obviously, I love uh, Mel Brooks, so... Sure, 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 sure. How about live TV, where they can make mistakes? That's fun, no? Someone could die in front of you. Is that interesting to you? Maybe a little bit. A little bit. Death. Possible death. Come on. Maybe a little bit. Come on, give me something. No? Oof. Well, this episode really fizzled out. <coughs> um, well, 366 is done, guys. Thank you for sticking around. We appreciate it. We'll be back. Uh, 367 is going to be our anniversary episode. 
It's so exciting. We're going to have Tom the Beer Guy here to give us beers and talk some fun. But we're going we're gonna to ask him about the time he worked on the set of Lethal Weapon 3. Should we ask him about that? Again? <laughs> Again, I know. Like, come on, think of a new detail this time, Tom. Think of it. Have you seen him lately? No. He, he lost, like, I don't know, 40 pounds? Jesus. Looks, he looks great. Good for Tom. Good for him. Good for Tom. Good for him. He really took that OBP 99 to heart. Uh, so that's a, that'll be our anniversary episode. It'll be a lot of fun. As you're listening to this now, I'm on uh, International Waters, so uh, uh, leave me the fuck alone. I'm drunk. Then and now. You got to do that, Drew? No. All right. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Drew. And you're welcome, listeners. For this episode, it was free. Go to patreon.com. Sign up for that shit. That's good stuff. Uh, I think we're out of here. You ready for this? Welcome. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to what, Chris? Seriously, this episode fizzled out. Real quick. It was bad, bad. It's like we, lo- we lost all our bubbles. This is bad. We're flat soda. Sorry, guys. A PFT Media production.